Hey, good morning. Welcome. I have concluded that this is the uh, worst clapping church I've ever been at. I just think you guys are bad. So just go just, on. That's a clap song. And then if you leave it up to me, they'll all clap on the wrong beat. So you can't do that. So you guys have to lead out. Hey, welcome. Thank you for coming and being part of today um, at Mariners. My name is Paul. And I missed you guys. I was away last weekend. I was, um, um, my little boy graduated from college, you know, so I know. It's like, where is the, where is the time, time gone? Um, yeah, it was a great time to be away, uh, a great time to be with family, and just to, to you know, you're, you're, I just love my kids. And so it was a, it was a really, really good thing. And, and we, have, we have more graduates um, um, in our church family, actually, not just from college, but high school. And one of the things that we do, and, and we'll actually have the bigger presentation on Father's Day, is, is we like to give out Bibles to all the graduating seniors from high school. Um, that's the way that when they go off to college, they will have a Bible um, with them. And we've got a nice little slim-sized version so they can actually carry it around in their backpacks. And all that, and and what we do, and you may have noticed, kind of in the lobby there, there's two tables that have Bibles on them, and we ask that you, as a church family, sign those Bibles, and you take time to underline a verse or verses that have meant something to you in your in your life. And you're saying, well, I don't know any of these kids, because you're going to look at some name tags and say, I don't recognize any of these names. It doesn't matter. That's okay. Um, God knows who they are, and they are part of us, and so what we want you to do is, is this Sunday and the following Sunday, um, take time after the service or even come early and before the service and sign the Bible, just a note of encouragement, and then underline verses that have meant something to you. Again, I don't care if you write in a Bible. It's really okay, all right? So go ahead and take time to do that, please, if you would, and then we'll have a special presentation for them um, in a couple of weeks. This morning, we're going to spend a few minutes uh, 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 starting a new series called Games People Play. I was up in our attic kind of rummaging around looking for stuff, and, and we have uh, lots of things up there, and we also have games. And we have the games kids used to play when they were younger, like Candyland and um, Shoots and Ladders and all that. But we also have other games, and I was looking at the game titles, and it's like there's a lot of titles of games that are a lot like the life we live. For instance, Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> Remember that? Isn't that true? Kind of how the life we live, we, we, we pursue the trivial kinds of things. And then there's another game we have, Kerplunk, you know? <laughs> Sometimes life will just go Kerplunk. And then there is uh, Monopoly, um, which is basically get as much as you can in life. Get as much as you can and drive the other people out of business or, or into bankruptcy. Well, one game we have is, is called Outburst. Um, and maybe some of you have remembered that game or played that game. It's a word game, um, Outburst. It's a word game. You use your words. You use your mouth to work this thing out. And what you have to do is you have to get your team to say a word, and you need to use words to get them to say that word, but there are certain words you can't say to get them to say that word. Got that? You got that? Okay. No, I don't get it. And that's why I'm not very good at the game. And there's a buzzer that if you say the wrong word, they, you know, they, they, they'll buzz you on, on the whole deal. And it's kind of fun when you've got a whole bunch of people in the room because they're all yelling and screaming and all that kind of stuff, and there's just a lot of noise going on. And using the whole idea of the concept of outburst, you know, blah, saying stuff, we're going to spend a few minutes talking <clears throat> about words. You know, our mouths, our tongues, the things we say that we shouldn't say, and the things that we don't say and we really should. And before we get any farther, can we just ask God to bless these next moments together? So, Lord, thank you for now, this time, and 
Thank you for your word and your words to us, and may they change us in a very strong and real way. May it make a difference. May today make a difference in someone's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Now, words are really cool things. Um, they really are, and, and they really do make up life, don't they? I read this. They say that um, you speak either 20,000 or 30,000 words a day, depending upon if you're a man or a woman. 20,000 or 30,000, depending upon if you're a man or a woman. And this man is too smart to go any further on that one, okay? I'm not going <laughs> to talk anymore on that whole deal. And in those twenty to 30,000 words, you can only imagine how many opportunities there are to really mess it up. You know that? I mean, just think, 20,000 to 30,000 opportunities to really screw it up in what you say. And so there's high potential for us to say the wrong thing. But in those twenty to thousand to thirty thousand words, there's also opportunity for us to what? To do it right. And God tells us not only about how we end up sometimes doing it wrong, but also how we can learn how and grow and experience how to do this thing right. Have you ever said something and you wish you could just take it back? Just like, oh man, if I'd give anything, I could I could I I'd I'd do take it back. Or ever been hurt? by what somebody said, and it just kind of sears into your system, and it, and it doesn't go away. And we realize that words have this huge amount of power in our life, don't they? I mean, they have this, this crazy amount of power. And God who made us and made our mouths talks a lot about words in the Bible, a lot. There's a whole bunch of passages about that. And the Bible says this, he is communicating, he says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. And you think, yeah, I get that. It has the power of life. I mean, it can build up a life, but it really has the power to, to rip people apart and, 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 and to put them down. It's got life and death in this stupid little thing called the tongue. And what you say and what I say make a difference. And, and this is why, as I prayed for us all in this time, I prayed that we would learn how God would want us to use words in, in the right way. One of the fullest descriptions of, of our outbursts that we say is in the Bible book called James. And if you've ever read James, you'll find it. it's in the New Testament. And anything in the New Testament is about Jesus and the supernatural reborn life that he gives us. And then how we're to live this life out in the world. So if ever you're in the New Testament, it's going to be about Jesus and the new life he gives. And now how we are to live this life out in our day-to-day -day experiences because we have this new power, new strength, and new life in us. And, and, and James is like a pastor, and he's a leader in the church. And so he has a lot of experience with working with people. And he says this. He says, for if we, we, for if we, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in any other way. And what he's saying here is simply our mouths are like the hardest thing to control of any part of our bodies. Okay? Of any part of your body, the hardest thing to control is your mouth, what you say. You know? It, it really. And he says if you could figure out how to shut up more or say the right things, then the rest is a, really a piece of cake. Okay? If you could figure this thing out and discipline yourself with this, pack, everything else is easy and downhill from there. And then he's going to give a really big life-giving principle. My words have more power than I could ever realize. Our words have huge power, more than we could ever realize. He says we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. 
and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And he's going to use three illustrations, and they're common illustrations for us to be able to grasp. A bit in a horse's mouth, a rudder on a big ship, and a spark in a bone-dry forest. And you figure it out what each of these have in common. Something really teeny tiny can control something very big and strong. A bit is like a four-inch piece of articulated steel. If you put it in a horse's mouth, and horses are big, strong animals, you can make it go wherever you want it to go. Rudder is not big, but a ship's huge. And a little spark can create a fire that can just decimate the forest. And, and you get it. A little word can wreck a lot. I mean, just a little bit of word can wreck a whole lot. And, and I was going to say some of us are the product of others' words. But that's not correct. That's not true. All of us are the product of others' words. You know that? Every single one of us in here is a product of other words. And you still hear your dad's or your mom's words that frustrated you. You know, like, can't you think for yourself? You know, when are you going to get your life together? I've told you my dad's words whenever I was doing work, like on my car, he'd come out. His first words were always, can't fix it, huh? You know, can't fix it. And that still bounces in my head, even though my dad has passed, and even though it's been... You know, I can't work on cars anymore because I can't understand them. But it's been a long, long time ago. I still hear those words. Can't fix it, huh? And, and if you can talk, you have this huge atomic bomb thing in your mouth that can blow people up. And so James goes on to talk about it. He says this. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it's set on fire by hell itself. And he's not, he's not pulling punches on this one. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. No one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil. It's full of deadly poison. It's like, wow. So let's get kind of practical on this. I was thinking of words that can come out of this thing, you know. Complaining, criticism, insults, ridicule, teasing, gossip, anger, nagging, innuendo, divisiveness, rudeness. And I, those are just off the top of my head, you know? And just think what each of these things can do in a life. And there are other things that our, our mouths say. So it's graduation, you know, and, 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 and families get together, and there are the in-laws that you invite, and there's the outlaws that you wish you didn't have to invite, you know, that they all come to this thing. And you even say, do we have to invite them, you know? And, and or can't we tell them to arrive at a different date or give them a wrong location? You know, just the kind of those people that you just think, whenever they kind of come into the restaurant or the room, it's like, oh, no, you know, here they come, and I'm going to get an earful, or I'm going to get this, or I'm going to get that. And do you know how tempting it is to get in the car after the event and then do what? Talk about them. You know, you talk about them. In fact, sometimes we hope they come and do something stupid just so what? We can talk about them. You know, and so finally, finally, the car doors close and you're driving away and you begin to talk about the stupid thing they said or the crazy thing that they ended up wearing or what they were describing or the nutty thing they're getting into just to be able to put them down. You follow that? You understand what we're doing? This is what James says, and this is what just kills me. It says, sometimes, talking about our tongue, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father 
and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Isn't that nuts? In revealing what we can be really like. It's crazy because we can sing all these great words to God and his plan and and his his overcoming everything and his oversight over everything. And then we complain about the people that he put into our lives. God, you're sovereign. You've given me so many great things. But now I'm going to condemn this very person that you have placed in my life as if, God, you have no clue what we're doing. We praise God as our creator, but then we curse the very people that he's made. Well, we always think words are bad, but there's a flip side to it as well. My words have huge power for good. I mean, my words have great power for good. If I can do bad with them, I can do good with them. And, and there's verses in Proverbs that I'm just going to kind of reverse the order of them to let you know, you know, I'm going to talk about the bad first and then the good. It says this, Proverbs 10:11. the mouth of the wicked reveals violence, but the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. See the alter ego the tongue has? He says, the, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You see, all of a sudden, there's good that can come out of this thing as well. A perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Soothing tongue is, is a tree of life. And then in the New Testament, Paul, in writing to a church, says this, Don't let any rotten words come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And when he says rotten here, he's not talking about swear words. He's talking about put-down words, okay? Hurtful words, critical words, insulting words, you know, gossip words. But once again, he's revealing the power of words to build up. It says, but only what is helpful for building others up. And the concept or the term, the big word, is called in theological terms edification. And you get the term edifice from that. And an edifice is a big, strong structure, It's an edifice. And what it's saying is you use your words to help make people into an edifice, a big, strong thing. So continually reinforce and and build up. And so I'm in the first grade, and and I'm the littlest kid in class, the littlest kid in class. And I remember some of the kids and some of the stuff we learned, but what I remember most is Mrs. Baumgartner my first grade teacher. Now, so now we're going back again into the Stone Age here. And during open house, remember open houses where you go in and you get to walk around with your parents and show them all the finger painting stuff that you did and so I'll put them on the walls and all those kinds of things. And, and she said to my parents in front of me, yeah, um, your son Paul can do anything he wants to in life. I still remember those words. Now built me up, you know? Me, the little runt in class. And then it says, according to their needs. Not my needs, their needs. Not, I need to get this off my chest. You know, not my need to get back at them. And I guess God kind of leads us to a point to kind of look back at, at our week and say, how, how did I do with my words? You know, was it filled with rotten stuff? Could I just not wait to be able to get home to talk about that person and how stupid they were? Or did I use my words in the moment? to build that person up, to encourage them, to help them, to strengthen them, to affirm them. 
And then, and then here comes the last part. My words tell me who I really am. Jesus said this, and, and, and it's familiar, what you say flows from what's in your heart. And I'll say something, you know, man, that's not like me. I'll just splurt it up. That's really not me to say something like that. What Jesus would say is, no, Paul, that's exactly like you because you said it. My tongue, according to Jesus, is not necessarily connected to my brain. It's connected to my what? Connected to my heart, what's on the inside of my heart who I really am. So if I complain a lot, what does that tell me about my God, about my heart? If I complain a lot, what is that telling me about my heart? It tells me that I have little trust in God and his plan. That's what it tells me. Gossip, what does that tell you about me? It tells you that I have a terrible self-image, that I have to put other people down in order to feel good about myself. Do you follow that? Do you understand how that's beginning to, to kind of reveal itself? It's... I'm unsupportive and critical. It means I don't have peace in my heart. Because if I don't have peace in my heart, I don't want you to have peace in your heart either. If I'm always giving advice or feeling like I need to tell people the right thing, I have control issues. Angry and judgmental. I really don't understand grace, and I really don't understand forgiveness. See see how what I say reveals? It reveals me. You see, see how that, that happens? How it just comes out? And Jesus is spot on with this. And I, and I remember that James says, no human being can tame the tongue. No one can. And you, you, know, you know where this is going. You really do. And, 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 and no man can tame the tongue. And I could talk to you another hour. I won't. And, and it, it might not make that much more of a difference in what you say. Because if you could change how you talk about people and talk to people by yourself, if you could do this by yourself, you would have done it by now. You know that? You hate you that you gossip about people. You don't like it. And if you could have changed it by yourself, you would have done it by now. Because, again, it's connected to my heart, who I really am. Bitter words come from a bitter heart, and Jesus changes hearts from bitter to joy-filled at knowing God and his forever care. You see how that happens? Complaining words come from lack of trust, and God fills me with the joy of knowing that he's in control. So my complaining goes way down. He builds up my self-image so I don't have to put you down. I find out who I really am on the inside, and I know who I am on the inside, so I don't have to put you down anymore. He gives me peace so I don't have to be critical and jealous. God gives me grace and looks down at my little tiny life and loves me as I am and forgives me and the anger goes away and the judgmental words go away and I can put up with you without words because I know how much God has put up with me. It comes from within. So I can't give you 10 tips on how to control your tongue. I can give you one. Let God fill your heart. Let God fill you up and let him shape you into who you should be on the inside. Let God build you up. Isn't that cool? I mean, isn't that great the way God does it? And sure, there are probably some phrases you could learn, but it starts from the deep part from within. And I guess I'd just like for a second to talk to you um, that might be here that have not yet said yes to God in your life. 
Because this is where the whole thing begins to start. And you get God into your life when you surrender your life to Him. That's one of the big spiritual keys to growth. And, and we talked about that a few weeks back. And that's kind of the whole point in my life, to get God into my heart, God into my life. Not just a religious deal, like Mark said, but a real relationship. And it happens on his terms, not mine, his terms. And that term included and centered around Jesus Christ. And that's why we talk about him so much. And when we took the Lord's Supper, we had a chance to visibly experience that which happened for us. The bread that you took, God came down, entered into time and space and humanity and became like us, Jesus Christ. And he said, this is my body. This is me. This represents me. And then the cup we took represents his death on the cross for, for you. For all the stupid things you've said and I've said and everyone said, someone has to pay the price for the hurt you did. Somebody has to pay that price. And I don't want to get punished for all those 30,000 things I've said every day, you know for years and years and years that have hurt people. God knew I can't save myself. I can't even clean up my vocabulary. God took the words I've said and the stupid hurtful remarks and he took the punishment to set me free. It's a good deal. It, it makes perfect sense. It's a great, great deal. And I want you to invite you to consider that if you haven't already and I'm going to invite you, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up right now, and I'm going to invite you to bow with me, if you would, please, for a second. Would you? And we're going to pray, and maybe you want to close your eyes. Um, I've, I've prayed for this time this week, and I've prayed that there would not only be a reawakening, maybe, of how we've been letting God control our hearts, but an awakening of those that maybe have never, ever invited Jesus Christ to fill their hearts and their lives. And if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning and Jesus, you just have been thinking he's a good man. He never came to be just a good man. He came to be a savior. Your savior. He stands at the door of your heart and knocks. And what he asks us to do is to let him in. And what that means is to say, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you love me. I believe that you died for me and that my sins are taken by what you did. And I want a new life. I want a new life of forgiveness in you. And so your prayer may be, Jesus, best as I know how. I invite you to come into my life. Fill me with your love and forgiveness. Make me the person you want me to be. And I'm going to ask just with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you just indicate it just by raising up your hand really quick. God, thank you that you fill us. You can use us and you can work in us. And I pray you give us hundreds of opportunities today to build up others with our words. Thank you for your continued sustaining love.
May we be instruments of your peace today, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, you guys, for coming and being part of today. We're going to continue next week uh, with this series um, on games people play. Next week, we're going to look at pie in the face, believe it or not, pie in the face, which is a real, real game. Hope you can come and bring people to it. Talk about trials, things that hit you and hit you unexpectedly. Would you stand with me, please? God bless you guys. Have a great day. Sign the Bibles at the back, if you would, and we're going to finish with a final song. Thank you.